Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Teriuktena, and today we'll be delving into the sacred practice of I Am. In religious and spiritual practices, there's a great deal of focus on the movement of energies upwards and down. Kundalini Yoga seeks to move energy upwards into full expression. The religions of the book, Christianity, Islam, Judaism, ask us to seek higher and more enlightened, i.e. lighter, floating, released from heaviness, sides of our nature, to look up to our spiritual leaders, to rise above, etc. Yoga Tai Chi, Qi Gong, and the martial arts teach us to get strong in our foundation, get grounded, sink our roots in so we can move upwards and outwards, that it is only through connecting downwards we can stretch up. Occult and hermetic systems teach us to seek upward progressions in skill and life, while indigenous cultures ask us to bring universal insights downwards, uniting us through time, both past and future, centering us in the now. Meditation is one of the ways in which we seek to enter this flow of energy. Through prayer, quietness, guided journey, sound work, and drumming, we move inwards to our center and then begin to travel. There are many practices which are available to us so we can become proficient at moving inwards if we choose. Some of these focus on an inward journey of discovery. Some are meant to help us leave this plane and move into others. Some try to help us connect with our true and inner self. All of these are good things and worthy endeavors. However, very little is taught about movement in the opposite direction. In fact, we tend to either imbalance through constantly going inwards, so our practice is a one-way movement divorced from anything other than the logistics of our life, because we have to plan time and effort in order to do the practice, or we get stuck, because the moving outwards should be as simple and even the same as going inwards, and yet it is not. This imbalance shows in various ways. Many people know who they truly are, and yet can't seem to express this in their daily lives. It's as if they have an inner life, which is divorced from the shell they put on each time they open their eyes. Others struggle to be seen. They feel they have harmony with both their inner and outer selves, and yet it's as if they're invisible or if they're behind a sheet of glass. What others are reacting to isn't them, and yet it's being experienced as them. Some people have difficulty speaking their truth or being heard amidst all the noise in the world. Still others seem to get caught over and over again in the sticky web of other people's needs and lives. They never seem to be able to free themselves enough to make a dent in their own life and how they want to live. Some people go through the motions of doing good works, which are good, but never actually resound with who they are or who they want to be. 
This disconnection between inner and outer is fostered in part by the notion that the outside world is less spiritual than the inner journey. This outer life is thought of as specific, secular, and only loosely connected to spiritual energies. In fact, it is often seen as antithetical to spirituality in many ways, and we are to struggle against its pull towards the negative, selfish, and self-centered by moving inwards into the spiritual and universal. However, the entirety of life is akasha, or prana, or chi, being manifested into being. Embodied life is co-created from universal energies. It is as spiritual as the higher, enlightened, out there, which we strive for. We are in each instant co-creating our own unique aspect of this world we all live in, and part of being embodied is to fully embrace this function by being both connected to our higher selves and fully here manifesting our wisdom and becoming into the world through our energy, our choices, and our actions. To understand how to create a dynamic balance between the inner and outer expressions of self, it can help to look at the mechanics of the physical and energetic systems of the body and how we are manifesting and being manifested via akasha. Not all, but most meditation systems ask us to get quiet, become still, and move into our center or core. Most often, people experience this in their third chakra or just above it. This is seen as the central point between our universal or soul self and our external or worldly self. If you look energetically at how our chakras or sephirot are working, chakra three, or tiferet, is the meeting place for these two different expressions of self, the inner and the outer. Visually, it would seem chakra four, or dat, would be central, but this is where we feel connection at the mankind or angelic level. This is where we have the type of feeling which occurs after disasters, such as hurricanes, earthquakes, or train wrecks. It's when we set aside functional differences and remember our interconnectedness on the level of humanness. We can't hold it for long, and it's not our true center. This notion of fourth chakra, the heart center, as central is a spiritual doctrine, but also math. In traditional teachings, the legs are folded out of the way and minimized, therefore making the literal halfway point between the head and the perineum that fourth chakra or heart. Most chakra teachings talk about the nethermost chakra as located in the bottom or perineum, yet our legs have chakras as well, and in the Kabbalistic tree of life, the sephirot of Hod and Netzach are located there. So if we look at our energy from a standing perspective, the center of our being is between our heart and our solar plexus. It is the combined forces of our most intimate and unique self with all other beings in their communal existence. In other words, our higher self and our humanity are linked, and we experience and express ourselves through this fusion. Seeing this true central point of our body as our energetic center 
our fifth or throat chakra, and our second chakra, the home of our ability to manifest abundance and intimate connection, balance each other and work interconnectedly. One example of this we've all experienced is dealing with a salesman giving us the hard sell. For those who are professional at selling, meaning they can sell anything regardless of their own personal opinion concerning the product or service, the tools they're using are their ability to express and to connect. We dislike car salesmen on principle because we can tell immediately what they are voicing is not what they are thinking, that they are voicing only part of the truth, and they are doing so in order to coerce a certain type of action from us. They will use techniques which seem as if they are fostering connections such as reciprocity, although there is no true connection at all. We can tell the falseness and glimpse the person underneath. We rightly mistrust what is being presented. It is up to us to decide whether we will interact with this person and, if so, how. People who deal well in these situations simply refuse any type of connection with the salesperson other than what is strictly appropriate and equal. No reciprocity, no intimacy, strictly business concerning numbers and product. Our ability to express ourselves through word and deed, fifth and second chakras, stem from our ability to externalize our internal nature. They are the ways in which we manifest our higher natures, our souls, into the world. As meditation allows us to connect with our center by moving inwards, toning is a way to move this energy outwards into the world. It is common for people to chant or tone the word OM in order to be a conduit for universal energies to come into the world. It's a way to bring unbound, unformed Akasha into the world and to connect with it. It is also a way to connect to the large humanity level, or fourth chakra, as the toning of Om connects each person with all others who have done so before and all those who will do so after, in a moment both fully within and yet outside of time. There are other similar external expressions, such as to tone the names of the sephirot, or even individual Hebrew letters, This is something done in Kabbalistic practice to move both inward and outward simultaneously, centering the Kabbalist in the energy inside themselves, in the embodied world, and in the bigger universe of all that is, reaching outwards towards Ein Sof and the unknowable. For those who struggle with external expression, with being able to connect their internal practice with external action, to find their voice or manifest their best life, I recommend adding I am to their practice. I often combine toning I am with OM. OM tends, for me, to be an expression of third and fourth chakra, so less connected and more universal, while I am is an expression of the combined third and second chakras of universal self or soul connected with an intimate expression of identity in the world. In biblical terms, the I am is a statement which God provides for us to understand our beingness in the world. It is expressed as a complete description 
encompassing all that God is. It is an action, and at the same time, a statement of being. It is the movement of self out of the static into the action of expression in the world. As each of us is the universe in microcosm, or in biblical terms, as each of us is made in the image of God, then each of us is being and expressing in this way. To tone I am is to actively participate in this statement of being. It encompasses all we intend, all we have already accomplished, all we are striving to be, and all we have not yet become. It does so without any need to set intention, focus the mind, or will things into being. As meditation is the movement inward to connect with ourselves, so the toning of I am is our self moving outward into the world, coming out into the light where we're able to see and experience it clearly. There are many ways to use the I am. Similar to chanting Om, one note can be used and sustained through one long breath, then repeated. I am can be something we say under our breath in quiet moments or as a means of dealing with difficult situations. It's not necessarily as satisfying as an expletive, but more socially acceptable in the workplace. It can be chanted without breaks over and over again until we feel saturated with the energy and complete, or toned once into the world where we can then listen for the echo return to us. We can tone the I am once and then attend to all which is being revealed to us in it, or we can chant it several times to allow our bodies to accept it. Saturating our bodies with it helps us harmonize with this outward expression and coordinate our actions so they express it as well. The I am can be transformative in a great many ways, as well as revelatory. I like to think of it as the sound a lotus makes when it is opening to reveal a Buddha or Tara. What will it reveal in you? And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be discussing totems, how to create a relationship with yours, and how they are an embodiment of the Akashics. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to rate it five stars on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.